Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Hey, y'all. Welcome to February 16th, 2021. We are in February, and uh, it is ice and snow down here in Nashville, Tennessee. Shocking, but true. Um, I thought when I fled Toronto, I would not have to deal with this. I actually love it. This makes me feel like what Christmas and winter is. But context is everything, right? When you live in a place where there are no salters or plows, a little bit of inclement weather can be a big deal. So while I laugh internally at what is considered down here a winter storm watch, um, I realize my place and I know where I am. So, um, I have a reflection I want to read today, and it is the 24 hours a day reflection for today, February 16th, and it reads as follows. AA thought for the day. One drink started a train of thought that became an obsession, and from then on, we couldn't stop drinking. We developed a mental compulsion to keep drinking until we got good and drunk. People generally make two mistakes about alcoholism. One mistake is that it can be cured by physical treatment only. The other mistake is that it can be cured by willpower only. Most alcoholics have tried both of these and found that they don't work. But we members of AA have found a way to arrest alcoholism. Have I got over my obsession by following the AA program? Meditation for the day. I will try to be unruffled no matter what happens. I will keep my emotions in check, although others about me are letting theirs go. I will, what? I will try to be unruffled no matter what happens. I will keep my emotions in check, although others about me are letting theirs go. Okay, maybe I just don't understand that. (laughs) I will keep calm in the face of disturbance, keep that deep inner calm through all the experiences of the day. In the rush of work and worry, the deep inner silence is necessary to keep me on on an even keel. I must learn to take the calm with me into the most hurried days. And prayer for the day reads, I pray that I may be still and commune with God. I pray that I may learn patience, humility, and peace. All right. Why I love this reading, and I literally just read it a second before I jumped on here, but why it's resonating with me so powerfully right now is I have been in a very awful horrible season of such immense anxiety that I felt like I was going to lose my mind it's been about you know it's no secret to the people in my circle um but maybe it's a secret to you but now that I tell you it won't be um I had a very life-changing thing happened to me uh, on New Year's Day of this year where someone very close to me left me and it has rocked my entire world it has had ripple effects throughout relationships throughout everything in my life really and the gift of that as I'm going along and as I'm processing is it's really forced me to reckon with 
scripts that I grew up with on my value or rejection and abandonment since I was little. Um, The role of a friend. What is that? It's made me look at my friendships and relationships to look at them to see if there's any red flags that I now know what to look for. Um, I've made major decisions around relationships where I feel like, and I shared this in a podcast earlier this year, I refuse to be in relationship with people anymore where I self-give or I am the one that does most of the work or I'm checking in or I'm just um, a dumping ground for people's thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And then when I have my own thoughts, feelings, and emotions, people don't like what I have to say or leave or whatever it is. And not only that, it's also made me look at what am I passionate about? Where do I light up? What gives me energy? And what's really dragging me down? or what have I lost interest in? For example, uh, I speak at a treatment center every six weeks on the 12-step program and it's just the season is over. It doesn't light me up anymore. I'm not excited about it. It feels more like a burden, but I've been doing that for nine years. And so I appreciate the season for what it was to me and I'm moving on now. So while this person leaving me was very painful and continues to be very upsetting for me, I am able to hold both those feelings, but also to really be grateful for what God is doing in me as a result of this, because nothing is for no reason. I hate to break that to you. Spoiler alert, nothing in life is for no reason. Just because we don't know what the reason is doesn't mean there isn't a reason. And so in reading this reflection, so many things spoke to me about that. And I want to share one in a minute about anxiety. Um, one drink started a train of thought that came became an obsession. So for me, I don't drink anymore. But this pertains beautifully to what's been going on with me emotionally and spiritually. It's not one drink started a train of thought that became an obsession. It's one thought or one feeling, particularly hurt or anger. That got me obsessing like crazy. And then it goes on to say, and from then on, we couldn't stop drinking. Like I have been completely obsessed over this situation. I've been trying to work it out in my head. And it's led me down some really dark roads. So realizing that that is as much as a compulsion for me as drinking was and that it's a process and there's a reasonable amount of time and feeling and thought as I work through this. And then there's knowing when it's becoming an obsession um, or a compulsion. And so having people in my 12-step life that are able to walk me through traditions and steps and checking in with my sponsor but also having a spiritual director which is really just someone that helps you see the movement of God in your life or the patterns of your faith life um, and how it's working with your life right now Um, and the reading also goes on to say one mistake is that it can be cured by physical treatment only so if you've been listening to this podcast for a little bit you'll know that I went on medication for my anxiety for a year and then weaned off and in November from it um, for personal reasons that have to do with my own um, dislike and intuition for my own body and mind I don't like to take medication um But it was a sweet relief, let me tell you. And you know what? I may go back on it. I don't know. I'm in a season of trying to figure that out. So looking at that time and realizing 
it did help, but I was still anxious. That's one of the things where I was like, maybe this isn't as helpful as I thought it was. But then understanding that uh, my brain's trying to adjust right now to that year where I was on medication. Now my brain's trying to rebuild itself. So maybe some of this anxiety is not just this situation that happened in my life. It's a result of my brain trying to have its own homeostasis. So all of that to say, anxiety is a very complex issue. I also like this reflection speaks about don't believe that it's only a physical treatment, only a willpower thing. I think it has to be looked at holistically, just like our diseases. And so the other day, about four days ago, when I was like, I... I understand when people say they hear voices in their head because I could hear my own inner self screaming at me. I can't do this anymore. Like just beyond worry. It's like panic and dread and anguish and utter despair. And like for those of you who suffer with anxiety, you know, it's not like worry or concern. It's like a beast that takes over and it's really hard to get out of. It's like trying to surface being underwater and trying to surface for air and something keeps pulling you down and so I've tried to address it holistically and the other day when I was just like oh I was googling YouTube videos on anxiety and there were two that came up and they were both TED talks and one was this woman talking about anxiety and in my opinion it was fucking ridiculous it was like the time I went to therapy with my first husband for our marriage and she was like Maybe you just need a date night. You guys need to have a date night. And I'm thinking, do you really think a date night is going to fix this? Like, you shouldn't even have a license to practice therapy, woman. It was, oh, it was so disappointing. So that was what the first TED Talk video on anxiety made me feel. The second one was super interesting. And I can't remember his name, but I think he he's a Brit. And he talked about suffering from anxiety and working with thousands of people with anxiety. And his perspective was that anxiety is trying to tell us something. And he gave the metaphor of a ship sailing and a crew screaming at the captain to do something. And when the captain doesn't listen, the crew starts screaming louder. And so for a minute, I was like, oh, it never occurred to me to ask me what my anxiety was saying. And in some, in a very quick amount of time, I would say within a couple of days, I started asking myself, what is my anxiety saying? And really what it was saying is, you're fucking tired. You're going through a lot emotionally. You're fatigued. And this, we need you to rest. We literally need you to do nothing. So I didn't know if that was the case, but guess what? The past four days, I have scheduled 15 minutes of doing nothing. And nothing isn't playing on my phone or listening to music or walking. It, it literally means I lay on the couch and I look out the window and I do nothing. And you know what? I can't believe it's working. It's truly working. Um... Because when uh, that 15 minutes is over and I pick up a book that I actually really want to read or I start an email that I actually really want to write, I get really anxious again. And then when I stop and I do nothing, and I'm not saying that's easy either, like I will also feel like I'm bored or I should be doing something. So it's, it's completely its own kind of battlefield. 
but I'm realizing my anxiety is due to a lot of things, but where the panic is coming from is this place of you're burnt out woman. You're thinking too much. You're feeling too much. You're doing too much. And it has been such a relief to feel at peace in my own body because it has felt like a war zone. And one of my friends, Amanda, who I love. Hi, Amanda. Um, she told me one time that she admired my self-hospitality. So another thing that I've been using as a technique is how can I make my body and my mind more hospitable to me right now? Because you feel like your body doesn't want you in there anymore. Like, which is horrible because I can understand from that perspective and when I was suicidal at one point in my life, that feeling of I, I have to escape this. This is impossible for me to live in this body and this mind. So I just wanted to share those two things with you. Like we often look at our alcoholism or our drug addiction or our behavioral addictions as the thing we have to treat. And that's true. But we also, those of us that suffer with depression and anxiety, we have to learn how to deal with that too. And for me, applying the holistic program of the steps as well as other techniques, other tools, recovery is different for all of us, has been really helpful in my own battle. And uh, writing down, for me, I'm a, a writer downer. It helps me process things. Um, this season of my life has made me not only look at relationships that drain me or people that don't pour into me. Um, it's made me look at things that I'm passionate about or no longer passionate about, but it's also made me look at things that work for me, uh, things that I'd like to do, things that bring me joy and peace. And so that has been a real gift and a real blessing. So at the end of this 24 hours a day reflection, the prayer of the day, I pray that I may be still and commune with God. So um, this is a piece of scripture, but I'm sure most people have heard it. And if you haven't, can, well, you're going to hear it now. And it's be still and know that I am God. And I cannot tell you how comforting that is to me on many levels. So I don't know what this is called, but if you've ever done like a reading meditation, we can do it with um, our serenity prayer, God. And then you focus on God, God, God. What is that? What is that concept? What is my higher power? Um, grant me the serenity. So focusing on that. Grant me. So grant. Who grants? God grants. God is a higher power. Like sort of steeping yourself either in each word or in each sentence. So grant me the serenity um, to accept the things I cannot change. Okay, so what part of the serenity prayer applies to my situation right now? Is it, accept is it accepting? Is it the wisdom to know the difference? So with be still and know that I am God, I will often put emphasis on different parts. So be still, like a command from God. Be still and know that I am God. Or I put the emphasis on the know. Be still and know that I am God. So it's not just a directive like just be still and know that I am God. It's also a, 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 an ego check for me. Be still and know that I am God. Not you, little girl. I am God. Which is what our program is all about, right? We are not the higher power. Something else has to be our higher power. And the more time we spend with him, I think the easier it is to understand that we are not God. So prayer for the day. I pray that I may be still and commune with God. 
I pray that I may learn patience, humility, and peace. So being patient in this season for me has been huge. I want it to go faster. I don't understand it. Um, The things I usually do for peace aren't working. So I have to have patience to know that different things work in different seasons. Humility, knowing that I'm a human being and things are going to absolutely crush me into smithereens at some times. But there is a God and he has a plan and I believe that and all I can do is the next right thing for me. And then the end of that, that I may learn peace. I want to be in peace. I do not want to be upset. I do not want to let something derail my life's purpose or my sobriety for crying out loud. I don't want anything to take away from my sobriety. So I have to interrupt the thoughts that I'm obsessing over. I have to run them by my sponsor or my therapist because each one of them might be like, or my friends, by the way, that look at me and go, of course you're anxious. Look what's happened to you. A shit ton of stuff has happened from the beginning of the year. I'm sure almost everyone can say the same thing and know that it's also there's a natural grieving process that anger is a big part of. So not withdrawing into myself, not letting my anxiety or depression be the authority and tell me what the situation is. Tell me what my worth is. Tell me what's wrong with me, but to check it with someone else so that other people can pour into me because God works very powerfully through other people to help us. So there was one more thing. I can't remember what it is. Oh yeah. Okay. So on a completely different note, I am giving an online retreat Uh, Manresa Jesuit Spiritual Center is a place that I have gone to for the last 10 years really of my recovery they put on 12-step retreats and of course because of COVID that can't be anymore and so Manresa and you can check them out I think it's Manresa-Canada let me pull that up so I can tell you Manresa-Canada.ca So I am giving their first online 12-step retreat. This one that I'm running right now is the pilot project and it's going to be just for women. So if you would like to attend this retreat, it will be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 5 to 7. Friday at 7-ish, I believe, is the first session. Saturday's got three sessions and Sunday has one. They're 25 minutes each-ish. I will be talking about all of the 12 steps over as I have learned them and as people have poured wisdom and guidance into me about the 12 steps, whether it's Joe and Charlie podcast, various meetings, my sponsors, uh, big book study groups, you name it. It's all been distilled down into this retreat. And I believe there's a waiting list right now. It will be donation-based for Manresa to cover the costs of putting on this retreat. So covering costs for you name it the speaker the the people that upload the video to youtube um the audio visual equipment the meetings the you name it so it's going to be based on the retreatants personal discretion so if you are interested you can email me at um i have so many emails do it okay so the man email so it's julie s manresa at gmail.com let me make sure that's right there it is julie s 
Manresa. <laughs> Where the hell is my email? I should really prepare for these podcasts, but it's more fun this way. Julie S. Manresa at gmail.com. So J-U-L-I-E-S-M-A-N-R-E-S-A at gmail.com. I am hoping that this will be a retreat that they feel is high quality enough to put it on their website or to start offering it to uh, more than just women. So men, I apologize. Um, but And it's going to be pre-recorded and not live for obvious reasons. So you will get this link and you will have access to the video at the time it's supposed to be on. At this point, I don't think it's going to be available beyond that time, but it should be really fun. So I'm going to be recording that um, this week, all five sessions. So if you are interested, ladies, you can email me and I will submit the link to Manresa and they will send it to you um, if there's availability. So there you have it thanks for listening thanks for being with me this always feels like a meeting to me and i am grateful that you spend the time with me and put up with all the things i have to say the little disclaimer that lisa and i always say when we podcast together is that i speak only for myself these are only my thoughts feelings and opinions if you don't like them sorry that you don't um but i don't represent anyone anything anybody any concept It's just a recovery podcast. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And if you want to reach either Lisa or myself, you can email us twosoberchicks at gmail.com. I love you. Be well.